belly and the fish. Belly, belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, aka the fish, and then we got big old Ben Belly Smokes Hunter. What's going on, Corby? I'm just knocking back a big old bowl of soup, getting ready for another great episode. What have you been up to? I'm waiting for my sushi to get here. All prepared for the good old episode. And we got Cam Fowler joining us today. What's up, Cam? How we doing, buddy? Thick crew extraordinaire. Yes, sir. Happy to be a part of it. Thanks for having me, fellas. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what are you talking to us on there, Cam? What kind of mic you got? Uh, you know, I borrowed this from one of my coworkers, and it's a, it's a voice acting mic. Uh, apparently there's a, uh, you can make it sound like a girl. You can make it sound like an old man. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the, the buttons and the gadgets on it. I'm just glad it's working nonetheless. We'll have to give that a shot later. Yeah. Your regular <laughs> voice will do for now. I don't think we need to get into all the gadgets and gizmos, but how's the game cam? Man, this weekend was a riot. We, uh, actually was with our good old host here, Corby at the Red Wings game on Saturday. Took it on the chin in that one, but going to the Lions game really just redeemed the whole weekend. I mean, it was a special game to be at. I mean, didn't have to see our punter out on the field once, which was awesome, but riot of a time. Great time. So, wait, you went with the whole crew, and wasn't the whole point for all of them to come down for the Wings game and the Lions game, and then just nobody went to the Lions game? Well, I had a, I had this weekend planned with one of my buddies who lives down in Detroit for quite some time, and I know we got a lot of Red Wings and Lions fans in the group, so shout out the message ways in advance, and then Corbin kind of set it up with everybody. It just didn't end up working out for the Lions game for most of the people. Gotcha. Red Wings game was sweet. Yeah, Cam was up on the big screen. There was a proposal, and Cam was right fucking behind him. (laughs) Somebody points out, there's Cam, and you see his big old mug smiling in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like this uh, in-between commercial break or whatever it was and they were doing like this uh questionnaire about the red wings history and then the last question so it was the the lady who runs it and then two people getting interviewed about the trivia and then the last question was will you marry me and the guy got down on his knee right in front of me and uh seized the opportunity after she said yes you know didn't want to ruin the moment completely but as soon as she said yes, I stood right up and just slammed my beer right behind her. <laughs> Jumbotron. In true awesome. Cam fashion. <laughs> yeah, I did not see them come back to the game the entire time. So they were off to get busy somewhere. <laughs> Who, Cam or the married people? <laughs> I know this is a Detroit Lions podcast, but the, the Red Wings have looked pretty good this year. I was excited about that game, and they just got the brakes beat off of them on Saturday night. <laughs> what was the score? Four, four to one. one, but honestly, it should have been probably eight to one. Vegas is a wagon this year, though. They're so good. It's too bad that I couldn't go to the Jags game. I was just so fucking hungover, man. I woke up at like 11 a.m. and I just had the worst headache of my life. Yeah, and needless to say, I was not able to make it. I went and got some tropical smoothie right before kickoff, and I was just streaming on my way home, made Emma drive back so I could watch the game, but... Not in the most ideal circumstances to watch the game, but what a hell of a bout against those Jaguars. A 40-14 to 14 victory. That is the Lions' most decisive victory of the entire season, and we needed it. 
going in, we thought it was going to be a close one. We knew the Jags weren't going to be a pushover. I mean, Lions started as a one point favorite. And then at one point I saw the Lions move to one point underdogs, but eventually settled as Lions uh, one point favorites going into this game. And we just throttled them 40 to 14. I can't remember a more decisive game. I mean, the Giants game was kind of close. They put up some more points, obviously, on the offensive end, allowed a few more on defense as well. But we just thoroughly handled the Jaguars. They could not get shit going. I mean, it's tough to even think on who you give your burning bag of dog shit to because all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, were, were all clicking. They couldn't get anything going. The one touchdown the Jags had, I mean, we pretty much just like gave it to them so that we can control the clock, you know, and they didn't get that like super quick. They chewed up a lot of clock when they were driving down there to punch it in. So, I mean, we needed a win like that. The way that this season's been going, you thought that maybe after the Bills, we were in for a letdown game. We have to win to keep our playoff hopes alive. And the whole team answered the call. At the Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was pretty fun to watch. Just from the start, I think they really set the tone with that, with that fump, forced fumble right on their the Jacksonville Jacksonville's first drive of the game. The offense, I mean, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but at times just looked unstoppable. I didn't, we didn't punt once, so it was a pretty cool game to be at. Crowd was ripping and roaring the whole entire time, and the beers were being guzzed. That's for sure. How was the crowd? Was it loud as fuck? Yeah, dude. I mean, at one point. You know how they put the decibel thing on the, on the scoreboard? Yeah. Highest I ever have seen it, to be honest. I've been to a handful of Lions games, especially in the last few years, and they got it all the way up, the decibel point, to like 118 at one point. And, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was just getting his shit rocked the entire game, couldn't even call play on the line. So the crowd definitely played into it for sure. Yeah, like I said, it was just – it. Everybody thought that, oh, it's the Jaguars, like this is going to be an easy game. But last week I said it, like they weren't just going to hand us this game. The Jags were coming off a huge fourth quarter comeback against the Ravens. That's a playoff team. Lamar Jackson and that defense, I mean, they're no joke. And a lot of people kind of had us and the Jaguars in the same boat. You know, two hot four and seven teams looking to get lucky. But (laughs) here we are coming out with a victory. Uh, let's just jump into some individual performances real quick, starting with the man behind center, Jared Goff himself. I thought it was his best game by far of the year. Definitely his most efficient. I think he had one other game this season where he threw for, threw for more yards. But, I mean, the dude was 31 for 41, 340 yards, two touchdowns. He did get sacked twice, but even on those sacks, he kind of, you know, scrambled around and minimized it, I guess, a little bit, but he looked strong and composed in the pocket. He stood in there and he made the throws that he needed to make. I mean, he exceeded my expectations. I knew that this was going to kind of come down to him and his performance, but he needed a game like that. And I feel like it kind of shut some of the fans up who were calling for some rookie quarterback to come in and take his job. So that was a hell of a game, a great bounce back game. I mean, it's not like he did bad against the bills, but it was damn near perfect in my eyes. Yeah, the Lions, uh, just all in all, just on the whole. I mean, I went to a brunch, and uh, the game had started, and I didn't even know it had started because I was at brunch. Well, then all of a sudden I get home, and the score, they already had like 17 points. I was dumbfounded. And, uh, yeah, Jared Goff, hell of a game, man. Yeah, it's not so often that you see the Lions at the end of the first quarter with 17 points on the board. That was pretty exciting, and they never took their foot off the gas. I mean, just felt like every time they got the ball – 
well, it, it was a fact. We scored every single time we got the ball. So pretty special Sunday for sure. Hopefully we can continue it against the Vikings. Yep, that's what I was going to say. We'll get into the Vikings in a little bit here, but let's move on to our running backs. Main stars of the show, the usual suspects, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. You finally see Swift take back control of the backfield. He led our running backs with 14 carries, and he also had four catches and a touchdown to go with it. But finished with 111 yards rushing and receiving. I think that was his second best performance of the year and outsnapped Jamal 39 to 23. So it finally looks like he's healthy and back in the swing of things. Like I said, if we're going to rely on him and keep this offense humming, we really need him to take the bulk of the workload. Didn't really have any super electric plays, you know, no like 40 yard runs or catches or anything like that. You're not going to get that every game, but he was pretty efficient. 4.4 yards of carry, I believe. And Jamal Williams tied Barry Sanders for most rushing touchdowns in a season, and he could possibly break 20 touchdowns. I think he needs five more, six more, something like that to break 20. So, I mean, the dude is just a beast from the one yard line. Give it to him. And it's a pretty solid bet. Yeah. The guy's been an absolute touchdown machine. Yeah. He just finds his way into the end zone. I mean, even on plays where it looks like it's going to get blown up in the backfield, he just somehow, mitigates it all and ends up with seven on the board. So we'll uh, we'll take that any day of the week. It'd be pretty sweet if he could break 20. I mean, when's the last time that even happened in the NFL? The one thing that does concern me with Jamal Williams is I think he had another fumble. We ended up recovering it. So no harm, no foul. But, you know, he's usually pretty steady, and I think he's fumbled twice the last two games. And then there was a game a couple weeks ago. I can't remember maybe against the Cowboys. He had the two fumbles in one game. So uncharacteristic of him, but I'm sure he'll be taking care of the ball moving forward. Got to say Jamal Williams electric and uh, getting into the end zone, but his dance moves take front and center for me. He just gets the crowd going (laughs) pregame coming out of the tunnel. He's just love it. Yeah, we're going to have a big decision this offseason. I want to get him back. We need him in the locker room. But let's talk a little wide receivers, starting with Amon Ra St. Brown. He just does it again, 11 catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns, the last one of the game as well. He just had some spectacular catches too, like the one that was kind of bobbled, caught in traffic. He came back after he took a hard hit over the middle after like a play or two, just didn't stay out. I mean, the guy is just a menace out there. I don't really give him the most credit. And I mean, we really should because he's just so steady that it's just like, oh yeah, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. He's one of the best players on the team. Don't need to mention him. But after yesterday, I think we really have to have the conversation. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Amon Ross St. Brown is a top 10 receiver in the NFL right now? Um, I mean, you could argue it to where he's going to fall at or around there. I think top 15 guaranteed. Um, I think straight skill-wise, there might be 10 players that I would take over him, but that's over a body of work of multiple years. Um, he's still really young. Uh, I do think he has the potential to be top 10 year after year from here on out. But uh, right now, I wouldn't say he's top 10, but he's knocking on the door very close. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have to agree with Ben, just in the sense of like what he said, body of work between the guys like you got the uh, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, uh, Justin Jefferson's Tyree kills. I mean, you can name these guys who just year in year out continue to put up the numbers. But I mean, I, I read a stat just yesterday that in the past six weeks, St. Brown has the most receptions in the entire league. He's hauled in 48 balls in the past six weeks. So it's disgusting. I mean, 
that's uh, something pretty special, and we're lucky to have 14 on our side, that's for sure. Damn straight. But I disagree with both of you guys. In my mind, and I'm really not trying to be biased here, I don't think that there's any question that he's top 10 right now. I even would, you know, it's kind of weird to say, but he is damn near a top five receiver in the entire NFL right now. You mentioned Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, uh, Stefan Diggs, like those four for sure. But then who's next? I mean, you got like AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup is hurt too. And a lot of those guys are getting up there in age too. So, I mean, I can't really think of anybody else who would even be in the conversation of top 10. Like you got your Debo's, you got your Terry McLaurin's. I mean, guys have injury concerns too, but week in and week out, he's good for like eight, nine catches a game. And now he's starting to put up the yards too. I mean, is he a reliable touchdown option? He can move the sticks for you. Now, the one thing about him is he's not, you know, that big bodied red zone target. He isn't like a deep ball receiver yet but he can do everything. He's one of the best, if not the best route runner in the NFL. And I think he's a lot like Stefan Dix. And if we get him going on some of that deep ball action, if we get JMO and DJ Char coming with him too, it's just going to help him even more because he does things out of the slot that nobody else in the NFL can do. And I don't think it's a crazy stretch to say he is the best slot wide receiver in the NFL right now today. Yeah. I would take Keenan Allen over him as a slot receiver. I mean, Keenan Allen's what, 30 years old? I know, but you you're saying you're saying go. right now, and I I definitely think Keenan Allen's a better slot receiver than he is. I will agree with what you said, though, Corb. I, I do think that Amon Ra is probably one of, if not the best route runner in the entire league. And, I mean, him and Jared Goff have developed a connection that's pretty special. I mean, you can tell just based off of what Jared Goff is looking for in the pocket, and 14 is always his first option. So, Hopefully they can keep that going, and who knows, maybe that this time next year we will be saying he is top five, top three receivers in the league, but I think with just his body of work so far, only being in his second season, it's kind of hard to give him that slot right now as much as I want to, but, I mean, he's been proving himself week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, he's no question top ten at this moment. I mean, week in and week out, nobody can stop him. Nobody has had an answer for him. And I think he's already in in terms of at least fantasy points when I looked at it. He's top six, and he really had three games that he missed because he was hurt. He missed the one full game, and then he was very limited for the next two. But ever since he's been healthy, he just is a production machine, and he can't be stopped. So Amon Ross St. Brown to the moon. He's got nowhere to go but up. But moving on, we'll talk a little bit about DJ Chark. Finally had that bounce back game. He got going with five catches for 98 yards. Former Jaguar got the game ball from Dan Campbell post game. So it was good to see him finally activated. And he went up against Tyson Campbell, who's the Jaguar CB1. He's really started to emerge as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Definitely the best on the Jaguars. And he was still able to put up five for 98. So hell of a game for DJ Chark. Glad we got him going again. And then the real story of the week, Jamison Williams finally activated as of Saturday, made his debut, only eight snaps and one target. You know, Dan Campbell said it himself today. This was his quote exactly post game. Today was about getting his legs under him, go through pregame, be on the sideline. You got your pads on, run into a huddle, run out, line up, wrestle with someone one-on-one a bit. It was really that just to get him acclimated. He's going to get a little bit more next week. 
this was just a primer for him. Let's get his legs under him so that he can get a feel. It is his first NFL game, so we're good. And Dan Campbell said that he would have been used as a gunner on punt team, but hey, the Lions didn't fucking punt. So a little bit less JMO than expected, but can't be mad about that if the offense can't get off the field. So they were going to use him as a gunner. Yes, sir. He was a gunner at Alabama. He's I get laid that, motherfuckers out. I get that, but when you're coming off a major injury, I don't I don't think you should put him in as a gunner. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're going and smacking offensive linemen. It's just like, you know, a small little speedy wide receiver, and he's fast as fuck. Yeah, I guess. And you look at still... him in Alabama, he's laying motherfuckers out, dude. He can actually hit. People talk shit because he's skinny, and I see the pictures too, but you watch him when he's a gunner for Alabama, and he's laying the lumber. That's not I the point the I'm trying to make. I'm trying to say that if you have a major injury, you probably want to have the least amount of contact as possible and less things that could go wrong. That's all I'm saying. I understand, but it's an ACL injury, and he's just going and smacking somebody in the mouth. Nothing wrong with that. Got to get him some reps. And, I mean, in that game, we didn't really need him too much as a wide receiver. I'd rather have him, you know, running straight as a gunner than running complicated routes, and, you know, that involves using your knees a little bit more. Non-contact injuries are always the ACL one, so it just takes one wrong step. Yeah, well, we got to get him back going eventually, and it seems like we're going to be using him a little bit more against the Vikings. He'll probably double his snap count, maybe like 16, 20 snaps, and then, you know, who knows? We might see him really incorporated in after the Vikings game and be a full-time starter. So him, Chark, Amon Ross, St. Brown, stretching that field, look out NFL. One thing I will say about using him is I, I want to move forward with caution. I mean, that's our number one draft pick from the draft last year. Uh, I just, he's, he's a special talent. I just hope that they integrate him back the right way instead of going crazy right off the start and him re-injuring himself. I think we've been very cautious and he's ready to get going. And obviously the fans are clamoring for him too. I agree with you. I don't want to, you know, overexert him and push him to his limits or anything, but at some point we got to ramp him up and get him some experience this year. So he's ready to go guns blazing 2023, but enough about the red hot lions offense, the hottest offense in the NFL. Let's talk a little defense because they had themselves a hell of a game too. starting with the D line. Aiden Hutchinson got a half sack shared with Benito Jones. He did a good job in the run game as well. Then you got John Kaminsky, just an under the radar waiver wire pickup with a nice pass deflection with that club arm, had a couple of tackles too. He was the the real starter who replaced Pascal and Charles Harris. He dominated, you know, with second most snaps next to Aiden Hutchinson with a couple other guys getting some playing time too. And the next highlight on the D-line had to be James Houston. He got another sack. So that's three sacks in 17 snaps. He's probably only going to be utilized in passing downs, you know, third down in that NASCAR package. But he's hella efficient, man. And if he keeps this up, that's just another feather in Brad Holmes' cap, just another hit, deep six-round pick. I mean, he's getting value out of these late-round guys, so that's just another one. So hopefully he keeps it up. We'll talk linebackers a little bit here. Starting with Alex Anzalone, had another good game. He really blew up a screen, got a TFL on that, and he recovered the fumble that was forced by Deshaun Elliott at the beginning of the game. Like Cam said, huge momentum swing right at the beginning. That kind of laid the foundation for what was to come. Malcolm Rodriguez and Derek Barnes have kind of been splitting these past two games ever since Malcolm had that elbow injury. A little bit more favor towards Malcolm. He had 22 snaps compared to Derek Barnes' 20. 
I think Derek Barnes got burned on one run by ETN, but he bounced back in a couple of ways too, had a nice game. So we could be seeing the two linebackers of the future, two running mates just budding in their beautiful relationship. Let's hope it keeps going. Then moving on to the secondary, we'll talk a little Jeff Okuda because you kind of forget he's there because nothing ever gets past him. In fact, over the past three games, Jeff Okuda has allowed a grand total of 26 yards in coverage. And Sunday, he allowed just two catches for nine yards. So, I mean, the dude is shutting guys down. I mean, it makes you wonder if we did have him against Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Could the Lions have squeaked out a win? I guess we'll never know. But, I mean, he is invaluable to that team. Jerry Jacobs has finally settled in as the CB2. He's looking real nice. Him and Will Harris both had a pass breakup, but Will Harris has kind of taken on that nickel role. So it seems like we've finally got some some continuity with that secondary in terms of our corners. Uh, Amani Awaria, another healthy scratch. He's pretty much dead to me. Goodbye. Deshaun Elliott had another forced fumble on ETN beginning of the game. He's just such a hard hitter. It's good to see that finally translate into a turnover. And then you got Kirby Joseph, you know, no turnovers on his end. Didn't really see him too much in coverage, but he did lead the team with eight tackles. So that's nice on him. And then we'll get into a little bit of coaching here because I wanted to give a big shout out to Ben Johnson. He continues to get a lot of praise in the national media. And there's even some talks about him being a head coach candidate. I never really thought too much of it at the beginning of the season, you know, first year guy, but People in the league really respect him, and it's plain as day what he's been doing with this offense. Jared Goff gave him a shout-out as well, saying he's got something new every week. And, you know, we scored every single drive except for the kneel downs at the very end of the game. And that's the first time in four years any team in the NFL has scored on every single possession of the game. So Ben Johnson deserves a ton of credit for that. And like I said before, this is the best all-around game that Dan Campbell has had as the Lions head coach. Offense, defense, special teams – Everything was working. We could not be stopped. We were eight for 12 on third down. We had 31, I repeat, 31 fucking first downs the entire game. I don't even know the last time that's happened, but that is insane. I remember when I was at the Thanksgiving game, they had a charity thing for every first down. They would donate like a thousand bucks or something like that to the charity. And there was only like 20. The Lions had 31 first downs. Yeah. The entire that's game. That's only nine off the record of 42, so it's not that not that far off, all things considered. The charity that donates the $1,000 for every first down is actually Comerica. And just like you said, 20 the last week, 31 this week. Every single time they would get a first down, uh, it would pop up on the big screen. And another $1,000 added at the end of the game is that $31,000. Um, <laughs> not exactly sure what charity it goes to, but it's a pretty cool cause, and Love to see it, man. Yeah. Comerica's like, fuck, stop doing so well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like in semi-pro and he's like, we got to win, but not too much. Because otherwise I'm going to owe this whole stadium corn dogs. We ain't even got corn dogs. (laughs) (laughs) No, one last stat that I wanted to mention was, I think I said this earlier, but the Lions have the most 30 plus point games in the entire NFL with six like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins probably too. They all have five, and we are one win away from tying the franchise record for most 30-point games that was set in 2011 with that offense. So, I mean, we're doing something special. The offense is humming. We finally got our players back. We're healthy. The offensive line's looking good. 
every unit on that team is hitting their stride at the perfect time. And let's just hope that it can translate into a playoff berth because at this point with the commanders and giants tie, we pretty much have to win out. You know, we can maybe afford one loss, but two probably isn't going to do it. So we control our own destiny. And (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that we can win out the way that we've been playing lately, offensive and defensively. We've just been stepping up. We're a whole different team than we were at the beginning of the year. And the NFL better be put on notice. I said it two weeks ago before the bills, we might've cooled down after that loss, but the lions are red fucking hot. We are the hottest team in the NFL. Who can stop us belly? Can you deny it? Uh, they've been pretty hot Um, the only counterpoint I have to say is that they have the 23rd hardest strength of schedule. So some of our opponents haven't been great outside of the bills. And that is the only discount I can say. And I'm only saying that to be a devil's advocate. The boys are smoldering white hot. That might be for the rest of the season, but at the beginning of the season, we've lost to all playoff teams. We haven't had a bad loss yet. I'm just saying what I'm reading right now, the combined record of all opposing teams is 31 and 38, ranking at 23rd strength of schedule. And that is as of now, not at the beginning. The only loss that I can think of that really puts a bad taste in my mouth is the one against New England. We did not look the same in that game as we have, especially in these last few weeks. I mean, like you guys both said, we're smoking hot. I think if we could get that game back and then just the close losses against the Eagles and the Vikings, I mean, could be a lot different, but can't do anything about it now. It's finished strong, and I think we have a hell of a chance to to win out. I mean, every every game that they lost outside of the Patriots and the Cowboys was a one-score game, so they could easily win out. I'm just uh, still always going to remain skeptical, having living near the team for so long. Yep. That's all Patri- I'm going to say. Patriots was a bad loss. I've said it before, but the Cowboys game, we had a chance to go up 10-6, to six and we fumbled on the one-yard line, and then we had a strip sack return for a touchdown. So the game fell apart right at the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth quarter. But we were right there with the Cowboys that just hung over 50 points on the Colts. You know, like we haven't had really any bad losses outside of the Patriots. And I mean, we just smoked the Jaguars. This isn't like we just played the Texans and, you know, beat them by 40 points. This is a Jaguars team that everybody just said before we played this game that the Jags could win this game. We were underdogs at one point for Vegas, but they don't know shit. They don't know about the emotion that Dan Campbell is injecting into our players' veins. They don't understand the culture that we built here. We are red hot. We are not going to fucking (laughs) slow down until we are in the playoffs and we get our first playoff win since the 90s. Since I've been alive, I can't fucking wait. Let's move on to the game ball and the burning bag of dog shit. Good luck giving a lion a burning bag this week, Bell, because I can't do it. We'll start with Cam. Who's getting your game ball, bud? My game ball is going to go to somebody that we've already spent a little bit of time talking about today. You got to give it to Amon Ra, in my opinion. I mean, the dude's just a fucking beast. He He's so tough. Took that hit over the middle. Missed one or two snaps. Comes right back in. Doesn't miss a beat. He's got great hands, and he's just a menace at running routes. It's insane. So I got to give my game ball to him. I do agree with Dan Campbell, though, with the Game ball going to DJ Chark as well. I mean, it's good to see him catch fire against his old team, but got to give it to Amon Roth this week. All right, Belly, who's getting your game ball against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Go. In a stunning turn of events once again, 
It's got to go to the guy I was ragging on last week, and that's going to be the money badger. The guy was eight for eight on his kicks, four for four X points, four for four field goals, nail on three between 40 and 49. The damn bastard was automatic. Can't hold it against him this week. I just can't. I can't dive back into betting on the badger, but this makes me want to. I don't know why you're betting on kickers in the first place, but that sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) No, it's not. But listen, I bet on tennis and UFC. Kickers is my thing, man. Tennis is actually very exciting to bet on. Electric. I'll take your word for it. I don't know shit about tennis. My game ball is going to none other than Jared Goff. I think he deserves it. Sure, he has his good games and his bad, but this was one of his best of the season, if not the best. He was hitting the deep ball, and he shut up all the haters after Thanksgiving when he missed that throw to DJ Chark or whatever the hell happened there. Finally hit a nice 40-yard bomb to him in tight coverage. Perfect throw. He was all over the place. He could not be stopped. This was probably his best game as a Lion, and it couldn't came at a better time. We really needed him to be efficient, and he put the team on his back. And fed Amon Ross St. Brown. He spread it around to eight different receivers. I think it was a statement game for him, and he bought himself a lot more time, a little bit longer leash as a line starting quarterback. Cam, we'll shift back to you. Who's getting your burning bag of dog shit this week? Well, you definitely can't give the burning bag of dog shit to, to anyone in the Honolulu Blue. They just crushed it this week. I want to give my burning bag to one specific Jaguars fan that was walking out behind me at the end of the game after getting the brakes beat off of them. He was just talking all this shit about how the Lions will still never win a playoff game. They're the worst franchise in the NFL. You know, that may be true for the past few years, or I I say few, let's be honest. It's been quite a while since the Lions have had something to cheer about. But I want to make that guy eat his words, and we're winning a playoff game this year. We're winning out. We're going to catch that wild card spot and we're going to upset somebody. Mark my words. Oh, the burning bag of shit goes to that idiot walking out behind me in the Jags jersey. You should have pushed his ass over. Fuck that guy. Kick him in the knees and send him tumbling down Ford Field. If I was behind him, he was behind me on the escalator. And if if, if I he was in front of me, he might have gotten Spartan kicked down the escalator. <laughs> He deserved it, man. I mean, you got a lot of balls to be talking shit in enemy territory. 40 to 14 and you're talking shit. Whatever, you bitter little bitch. So I guess that answers the question, would Cam go to jail for a Lions victory? And the answer is yes. (laughs) 100%. Spend the night in the clink. Um, For my burning bag, it's going to none other than the city of Jacksonville. Three reasons. The team sucks. They got brittle Airbnbs and they get pumped by hurricanes. Can't handle it. Your team sucks. Trevor Lawrence sucks. I'm done with the city of Jacksonville. Let's go, Belly. I love that. That was a little Belly revenge game there. Yeah. Compliments of the Detroit Lions. (laughs) All right. For me, I'm giving my burning bag of dog shit to all the fans who hate on Jared Goff because I've been cruising through Reddit quite a bit. And everybody is demanding that we take a quarterback with that Rams pick, or at least a high pick trade up in some fashion. And I could not disagree more. And, you know, this game doesn't really have anything to do with it. Listen, I'm all for taking the quarterback of the future, but I don't want to sell house and force a pick that we don't need to make. I mean, Jared Goff has shown that we can win games with him. 
You know, he's not going to lose you games. He's not going to be like Patrick Mahomes every single game. He's not that guy. But teams around the whole entire league are winning games with, you know, an above average quarterback. And that's exactly what he is. You know, he's entering the conversation of a top 12 kind of guy in the league. So, I mean, sure, he has his shortcomings and he's not going to be the Josh Allen or the Patrick Mahomes. And maybe we can find something like that. But I just don't think that we should, you know, package both of our picks and trade up to get Bryce Young unless Brad Holmes is 100% convinced that he is the guy. I trust in what Brad Holmes is doing. But at the same time, evaluating quarterbacks is one of the trickiest things to do in the NFL. Nobody has a perfect formula to say, yep, this guy's going to work out because that's why Patrick Mahomes wasn't the first overall pick. Josh Allen wasn't the first quarterback taken in his draft. That's why Tom Brady fell to the sixth rounder wherever the hell he was drafted. So there's no perfect method, and you could easily miss. So if Brad Holmes has a guy in mind that he likes, I'm all for taking the guy. You know, let him sit for a couple of games or for a whole season to learn behind golf. But if we're not 100% sure that we're getting our guy, don't reach. We have other needs that we can fill. There's a lot of good guys at the top of that draft that would be plug-and-play starters who could be Pro bowlers right off the get-go. Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, those guys are realistic options and could help bolster our defense. Imagine pairing Will Anderson with Aiden Hutchinson. Or imagine adding Jalen Carter for Georgia into the mix with Aleem McNeil and Hutchinson. We could have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL with one pick. You know, and to get a guy who, you know, we're reaching for to appease the fans, I'm not for that. What do you guys think? I know, Ben, you said that you want the quarterback of the future, but after this game, have have you changed your mind even a little bit? So it's not so much the game. It's kind of where the pieces are falling um, because I don't think we're going to get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, I just think that the teams below us getting those picks, are he's gonna, they're going to be gone. And the guy that's going to still be around is Will Levis, and I'm just not sold on Will Levis yet. It's going to take a lot of development. He's probably going to have to sit for a couple years anyway. And um, – with the picks shaping out where they are, uh, the big board, it says we could get Jalen Carter and then Cam Smith as a cornerback out of South Carolina. If you just want to go defense, defense, that might not be the worst thing in the world. Um, I am a big fan of grabbing a defense, but it just all depends on the route the Lions want to go. If they want to grab a young quarterback and try to develop, um, have golf play like six games or just punt down to the next year and see what happens. So it's it's going to keep changing until the end of the season. We got to see how the end of the season shakes out because golf could fall off a cliff. You never know. That's the NFL. It's a week to week league. So it's all up in the air, but I don't hate it. I mean, the way I see it, the Texans, you know, they're probably going to have the number one pick and, you know, they'll, they'll pick whatever quarterback they like best, whether that's Bryce young, which I think is the most likely CJ Stroud, Will Levis. But after that, I mean, Chicago's not taking a quarterback. And then right now, Seattle is set to pick up Denver's pick. So, yeah, they could probably go quarterback. But but the Rams and the Denver Broncos have a head-to-head matchup. And currently, they're both sitting three and nine. So the winner of that game is going to have the worst pick. If Denver can beat the Rams, there's only one team picking in front of us who needs a quarterback, and that's the Houston Texans. And the Rams could realistically lose the rest of the season. Stafford shut down, Cooper Cup's out, Aaron Donald's out. They don't have a whole lot going on for them. So, like I said, if the guy's there and Brad Holmes wants him, get him. But no need to force it just to appease these assholes who just want to get the QB of the future now because right now the Lions are a wagon, a couple more pieces, and we could be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And then the other thing is, too, Anthony Richardson out of Florida just declared for the NFL draft today. 
And a lot of scouts are saying that he really could have used an extra year at Florida to kind of develop a little bit more, but he could be available for us around pick 15 and we could sit him for a year or two behind Goff. Sure, we're still paying Goff all that money, but Goff has said that he's willing to take less money too. I think we've got a lot of options and we just can't force it. I'm on the same boat as you guys, man. I mean, the offense has gone out week to week and proven themselves as, I mean, you said it yourself, six six games over 30 points. We're one away from tying the franchise record. Sure, Goff's not a superstar by any means, but he gets the job done. And I think really strengthening that defense with the two picks that we'll have in the first round is is the route I would like to see them go personally. Um, but like you said as well, whatever the front office does, I'm sure I'll be able to find some some joy in whichever way they go. Yeah, I mean, if that if those guys fall a little bit and the Rams end up doing in a couple of games, I mean, you got to take them if they're there. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are just great prospects, I think. I don't know, man. I'm not 100% sold. I mean, I haven't dug into them just yet too much, but from what I've seen, there's not any surefire guy that I'm confident taking over like a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson who have put up stats and put it on tape every single week. I mean, I'm more confident those guys panning out and being superstars in the NFL than I am any of those top three quarterbacks and top four if you include Richardson. Either way, I think we're taking a risk. And it's scary. You know, if you're going to take the shot, you better not miss. So that'll be enough quarterback talk for now. Just wanted to touch base on that a little bit since Goff did have a hell of a game. We'll move on here to the biggest game of the year. And that is the Minnesota Vikings coming to Detroit to take on the Lions. That's Sunday, December 11th, the day before my birthday at 1 p.m. Right now, the Vikings are sitting at 10 and 2. Will it be 10 and 3? We'll see. The Vikings just took on the Jets at home and beat them 27 to 22. The spread opened up yesterday at Lions plus two and a half, and I already saw that line move to plus one. So the Lions are just one point dogs at home against the second best record in the NFL. Over under is set at 53 points. So Vegas thinks we're going to be putting up some points. Vikings might be as well. And of course, we can't forget the last time these teams met, the Lions lost on a last-minute drive by the Vikings, 28-24. to That was back in week three. Like I said, we are not the same team as we were at the beginning of the year, and we have the benefit of playing the Vikings on our home turf. So let's jump right into the preview here. The Vikings have only beaten one team by more than one possession, and that was the Green Bay Packers in week one. All other games have been one-score games. Dan Campbell emphasized today how big this game is and he wants Ford Field rocking. I'm enticed to even just go to this game because I know that it's going to be so monumental for the direction of this season. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's a pretty crucial win. Like, we need to get this one, too. I said it last week, but it's almost like we have to win out. Sure, we have maybe wiggle room for one game, but if we want to control our own destiny, we might have to get 10 wins. We don't know what these other teams are going to be doing. We don't know if they're going to win or lose out. But the one thing we can control are the games that we have in front of us. So this is a big one. It's in the NFC North. It's going to be a rumble in the jungle. And Dan Campbell will have the boys ready to come and play. So I wanted to do a little comparison with you guys. So Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff have been very similar statistically this year. So I wanted to give you a QB A and B scenario. And you tell me who you prefer. So QB A 
has 263 completions on 405 attempts. That's 64.9%. He's thrown for 3,022 yards, 19 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. And we got QBB. He's completed 290 passes on 449 attempts. So that's 64.6%. He's thrown for 2,933 yards, 18 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. So who do you think wins that between those two? The quarterback with 10 wins. Okay. What about the stats? What does that tell you? Uh, well, the stats, I mean, you can manipulate anything to make it sound like what you want. And obviously the stats for QBA were better, better percentage. Manipulate. I give you the most basic of quarterback stats, completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, interceptions. Then throw wins on there and it changes everything. Fuck you, Ben. You're such <laughs> a piece of shit. I'm right. All right. So QBA, right, Cam? QBA, yeah, I mean, obviously, based off just based off the numbers, you you got to lean QBA for sure. But also, where Ben is coming from as well. I mean, wins are a huge factor in that as well. But you can't hang everything on a QB for wins and losses. So I'm gonna go QBA. Who's behind QBA? Jared Goff. Believe it or not, it happens to be Jared Goff and QBB. His Measly Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Wow, Ben, you're good, dude. Holy shit. Did you look it, was it up? It's pretty obvious what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, yes, the Lions have been in close games, but Jared Goff has put up a hell of a performance. Kirk Cousins, you know, a bunch of people talk shit about him too, but he is an average to above average quarterback. He's pretty except, consistent except for, except for prime time. You didn't let me finish. I know that. But Jared Goff, he's had a hell of a season. You know, he's had his ups and downs and, you know, there's definitely more to be desired, but you can win games with Jared Goff. Kirk Cousins is doing it and look at the pieces the Vikings have put around him. So, I mean, it can be done. That's all I'm saying. You can make a playoff run. You can win some games. The Lions could be the second best record in the NFL. It's just, you know, a matter of how some of those go down and we weren't able to finish at the beginning of the year, but doesn't matter. Can't change the past. We're red hot, hot as fuck. Can't be stopped. The Vikings aren't going to do it either. But the one guy who might throw a wrench into that would be Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's a week-in, week-out problem. He's definitively a top-five wide receiver in the NFL, if not the absolute number one. We kind of talked about it with uh, when we were talking about Amon Ross St. Brown, but he's jockeying for that number one title this year with Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Tyreek Hill. You know, he's right there. I think he's sitting at three right now, or at least if you look at like fantasy points, which I think is a pretty good indicator on how receivers do overall. I mean, sure, there's the stuff that's on tape that you can't really put a stat to, but he gets it done. He's the go-to target for the Vikings. And, you know, I think we have an answer for him and Jeff Okuda. If we look back to week three, he did a great job shutting him down. But then you you look to the running backs for the Vikings and you got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Madison's just kind of a change of pace guy and Dalvin Cook's no doubt the bell cow. He's he's still doing his thing. He only needs 73 yards to crack a thousand on the season. So that'll be at least three straight for him. Hasn't really had the injury concerns either. And then one other guy who comes to mind, what's changed since the last time we played the Vikings? Oh, that's right. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson was traded to the Vikings and this is a revenge game. Fuck you, TJ Hawkinson. We are gunning for you, TJ. I haven't forgotten what you said. I got the quote right here. When he came to Minnesota, he said, 
I'm just excited to be a piece in the puzzle. A lot of good guys around here. This facility is beautiful, so I'm just excited to be here, man. There's nowhere I'd rather be. That's really what we're here to do is go out and win some games. That's kind of the first time I've been able to say that. Go fuck yourself, dickhead. <laughs> I mean, at the time, what what was the Lions record when he got traded? <laughs> I don't give a fuck, Ben. It doesn't matter. You don't throw your old team under the bus. Have some class. Now you're going to get fucked up by Deshaun Elliott. I hope he drops 100 balls. I mean, I feel like it was a very political answer, and it wasn't. he wasn't saying, I fucking hate Detroit, but take it as you no, want. That is not a that is not a political answer. The last line in there, that's the first time I've been able to say that. <laughs> what a fucking dickhead. TJ, the comedian, dude. Oh, my God. You're fucking hilarious. You're fucking done. You're dead to me. I never bought your jersey for a reason, you fucking dickhead. You are toast. <laughs> I've checked out how he's been doing. He just had his first touchdown as a Viking last week. He's really just been heavily targeted, but he's not really produced that much. I mean, typically he's finishing under 50 yards a game. He definitely wasn't producing the way he was in Detroit. He's had a couple of drops. I've got some friends who are Vikings fan who have been keeping an eye on him, but I told him when they got him, like be on the lookout because he does drop balls. I've gotten a few texts here and there. So doesn't sound like he's living up to the hype that they thought they were getting. They did need a guy when Irv Smith went out, and I guess he's done an all right job. Right now he's sitting as like the third best tight end on the year, but a lot of that was from Detroit's production. <laughs> Just saying. It all comes from one game. Yeah, a lot of catches. I mean, it's not even like he's catching like 50% of his targets either, really, so... Whatever, the tight TJ. End position, we've talked about this before. The tight end position is just kind of all out of whack. You have your Travis Kelsey and your Mark Andrews, and then it's just a big fall off after that. So I'm not surprised he's the number three, but take that with a grain of salt. Let's jump in a little bit on Corb's keys to victory. Like I said, this is a non-primetime game for Kirk, so that's usually when he plays his best. All I know is we need to put a lot of pressure on him and force him to make mistakes he doesn't always take care of the ball the best. He's been known to throw some picks when under duress. He doesn't take the best care of the football, maybe force a couple fumbles out of him. I think if we win the turnover battle, that's going to be one of the biggest things to indicate who's going to win this game. If we can take care of the ball and force them to cough a few up, I think we can walk out with a dub. But the the Lions rush defense is kind of the weak spot still. I mean, we did all right against the Jaguars. They didn't really have a whole lot of options they had to throw to get back into it, but we've been exposed defending the run a few times this year, and the Vikings have no issue running the ball down teams' throats. So I think dominating the line of scrimmage is going to be key this week. Like I said, Justin Jefferson is going to be a problem, and we need Jeff Okuda to have a repeat from week three. Time to put the clamps down and take him out of the game. You know, we did that in a way, but then we had – Amani O'Warrior just letting Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne run free and do whatever they wanted to do. Jerry Jacobs is back. Hopefully seatbelt gang's going to be in full swing and we'll be able to redeem ourselves. And then Jared Goff. It's going to come down to the QB. It usually does, but hopefully he can carry this momentum from the Jaguars game into this week. The Vikings are going to probably have to put up 30 points to win this game because it doesn't matter how good your defense is. The Detroit Lions are going to score points. Our offense is looking better than it was at the beginning of the season, and our defense has taken huge steps in improving throughout this season. So 
like I said, this is a different team than we were at the beginning of the year when we first met. It's going to be loud and rowdy at Ford Field. Good luck getting a win in that environment. This one's personal. We will have our revenge. Fuck you, TJ Hawkinson. You were dead to me. <laughs> you should tweet at him. First, we'll make our predictions after the show. I'll send him a DM. I'm all too riled up talking about him right now. I got to settle down. Cam, what's your score prediction? What do you think this one's going down? I like the Lions to continue the momentum. Their defense looked a hell of a lot better than they have the past few weeks than they did at the beginning of the season. Um, I like the Lions to continue the hot streak at 28 to 17 W in Detroit. Fuck yeah. Good man. What about you, hater bitch? Just can't wait for uh, Corbin to call me old TJ Hawk myself. Uh, 10 and 2 for a reason. Vikings 31, Lions 28. Oh, bitch. For my prediction, I've got the Lions red hot, continuing the streak. We're making the fucking playoffs, boys. Lions win decidedly 31 to 24. A whole touchdown victory. The Vikings are going to be scrambling at the end. And this time, Aiden Hutchinson comes in with a strip sack to bury them. And then TJ Hawkinson gets smoked by Deshaun Elliott, leaves on the second snap, and then he's okay for the next game because I don't want him to get hurt. I'm not that bad. Did you stay up late and get some tarot cards, bud? (laughs) Put a hex on his ass. He's going down. (laughs) All right, let's wrap it up for Vikings talk. Big game Sunday coming up, and we got a few more. Let's talk about some bets. Let's get into betting with the belly. We're going to jump right into it and go with last week's results. Uh, Corbin missed on the dog and the over going two and two. I missed on the favorite and the dog going two and two as well. And our good buddy Isaac went uh, an abysmal one and three. Our guests haven't been doing that great. They seem to be on the losing end of the spectrum. But uh, let's see if Cam can turn that around. Go ahead. Hit me with your favorite, big dog. It's time to turn it around for the guests. I've been in an absolute heater for the past almost month now. I should knock on some wood. But for my favorite, I like Tennessee to cover three and a half against Jacksonville. Just watch Jacksonville play in person. They are fucking terrible. Uh, I agree with you, Cam. Um, if you happen to catch that game on Red Zone, look to the crowd. I'm going to be a big old belly up in the box seats. Uh, got offered some free ticks with some open bar and open uh, food. So I'm going to be chomping and fucking drinking, <laughs> probably be hammered. Um, you can text Not me if even you want. Watch the who, game. Knows, who knows if I'll <laughs> even respond. For my favorite, I got the uh, Chiefs minus eight and a half against the Broncos. Uh, Chiefs just dropped it to the Bengals, and uh, I don't think they're going to do that twice. And the Broncos have been abysmal all season. Corbin, who you likey? Saving the best for last. My favorite this week is the Bengals minus six versus the Cleveland Browns. I thought with Deshaun Watson coming back, he was going to have a... A better game than what he had. He was absolutely terrible. The Bengals are coming off of a huge win against the Kansas City Chiefs. So they're red hot. The Browns offense still stinks. Joe Burrow's getting it done. Jamar Chase is back. Doesn't matter if Mixon's out because Samaj P. Ryan has been killing it too. So I think six points is way too low. I think the Bengals are going to win by double digits. So hit that one. I've loved picking the Bengals, but man, that Browns defense threw up like 36 points against the Texans, saved Deshaun Watson's revenge game. But uh, I do like to pick. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Bengals and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, so not bad. Cam, who do you think is going to be your barking dog? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I like the Cardinals coming off a bye in Arizona. I think they're going to 
really come out with a statement game. Kyler Murray, hopefully fully healthy, beat up on the Patriots. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I just I'm always worried about that Patriots team. They seem to keep all games close with their defense and the the mastermind that is Billy B. I don't know. That one's a little bit of a toss up for me, but anything could happen. Uh, for myself, I've just been watching this Chargers team, and they just have so much offensive talent, and they just seem to find ways to lose silly games for no reason. Um, but they're at home. They're just coming off a, a rough loss. Uh, I'm gonna take them plus two and a half at home versus Miami, um, and we'll see what happens there. Corb, how about you, buddy? Well, you must not respect your dogs, Ben, because that's a terrible pick. I, on the other hand, take (laughs) great care of mine, including this week's underdog, and that is the Detroit Lions. We are plus one, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Like I said, we are red hot. How am I going to pick up against that? Revenge game. TJ Hawkinson's dead to me. They're going down. Lions are winning. We're moving on to six wins, boys. Enough said. I actually just checked the spreads before the game, and this is at no fault to you, but the line has moved all the way to Lions minus one and a half. No fucking way. <laughs> I slowed it. Pull up FanDuel, dude. Dude, wow. how are you betting against us, Ben? Yeah, the Lions are minus one and a half at minus 106 right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm keeping that line. That's what I saw this morning. No, We're no, I'm not blaming one. you. That just means somebody out there is putting some heavy coin on uh, Detroit, and the public's probably hitting that hard. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on to the over. Cam, what do you got for me? I'm heading down to the great state of Texas. I like over 44 for Dallas and Houston. I personally think that Dallas is going to hang 40 on Houston by themselves. So just kind of hoping for uh, a touchdown or two out of the Texans. And then I, I have faith in that pick, though. I mean, Dallas uh, put an absolute ass whooping on last night. So I could see them yeah. easily doing it again. And I mean, the Colts as terrible as they are, are much better than Houston. So hopefully we can have another showing like that with the uh, Dallas offense and defense, and uh, my over will be smacking. I love it. (laughs) Uh, I myself, uh, I'll be at the Jags-Titans game, and as we've said before, I hate the Jacksonville Jaguars now and the whole city of Jacksonville. Um, The Titans went over, even though that was pretty much a count of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Titans are going to cover the over for two weeks in a row at over 42 and a half. And Derrick Henry uh, has had a couple rough games the past couple weeks, and he's just going to eat this Jags team alive. Corbin, oh, is he going to pound the rock like you say yeah, every week? Gonna, I mean, that's what pound he does. That rock. Sometimes he breaks free, sometimes he doesn't. But, man, it's uh, it's been a brutal couple weeks for the Titans. <laughs> I'm just going to get one of those reversible jerseys if the Titans play the Lions in the uh, playoffs. And then whatever's going better, just switch it halfway. That would be in the Super Bowl, fool. Oh, yes, that's true. That's not going to happen. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I know the Titans aren't going to make the Super Bowl, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you said that, not the Lions. You do believe. Uh, I mean, no. Nope. You can't <laughs> take it back. You already said it. Anyways, nope. moving on. That's just you manipulating words again. All right, Corbin, what do you like for your over in the Battle of the R's? My over this week is the Raiders and Rams. Line is set at 44 points. Who's the guy that the Rams have in there? Wofford or whatever his name is. I mean, he looked better than Bryce Perkins or whatever the guy was from two weeks ago, but John Raiders have been Wofford, putting a point. I think. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he looked a little bit better. Allen Robinson's out and they don't have a lot of weapons, but Cam Akers was looking all right. I mean, they kind of took it to the wire with the Seahawks. They put up over 20 points themselves and the Raiders have been dropping like 30, 40 points the past couple of weeks. So I saw 44, and I was like, that is way too low. I think the Raiders could put up 30 on their own. 
and that leaves 14 for the Rams to make up. So I'll take that over 44 points. The NFL is just weird this year. Some of these teams on the bottom are relatively good, like the Raiders, for example. And like I thought the commanders were going to be just ass all season. They're in the playoff picture now. It's just kind of a weird year. So I definitely agree with you there, Corbin. Moving on to the final segment. Let's go with the under. Cam? For my under, I got uh, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. I really like the way that San Francisco has been playing defense. You never know, though, with Tom Brady on the other side of the ball. I mean, he could just have a coming out party and go off. But I like that to be kind of like a pound the rock game. A coming out party? Like a (laughs) 17-7 win. Well, coming out party as far as this year. I mean, he hasn't had a Tom Brady-esque year. You know what I'm saying. That's why I got divorced. He's having the coming out party. Yeah, it's a coming coming out party with six Super Bowls. Jesus. (laughs) He's he's coming out after he got a divorce. Yeah, he doesn't get it. (laughs) I don't think he does. He just keeps no. going. Yeah. Oh, no, I see what you're saying now. <laughs> it took you long enough. <laughs> no, I like Tampa San Fran under 39. I could see it. I could see it being coming out party too as well. So <laughs> I yeah, see that limbo that bar going low. Lastly, for me, uh, I'm going to go Steelers Ravens. Uh, the Steelers haven't been scoring that many points and Lamar Jackson's out already confirmed this week, maybe next week. Uh, I don't know what exactly the injury was, but it wasn't good, uh, especially for your fantasy football playoffs coming up. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with that under at 38. And uh, moving on to you, Corbin. Yep. I also have the Steelers Ravens under 38 points. Like you said, no Lamar. The Steelers can score. Their defense is looking all right, but the Ravens have been pretty fucking terrible. I mean, what did they win? Like 10 to nine last week against the Broncos. And the Broncos have an all right defense, but it's tough for me to see anybody really scoring over 20 points in this game. So I'll take the under and I won't think twice about it. And that's going to wrap up betting with the belly back to you, Corb. All right, let's get into it. Like I said, a lot of positive feedback from the Thanksgiving draft. So we are back with another one for you. And we are brainstorming some fun things to do, but ultimately we settled on our bar fight draft. So how this is going to work is we're each going to pick out of the four categories, one pro athlete, one celebrity, one historical figure, and one fictional character that you can use on your team in a bar fight. So a couple of ground rules here. There's not going to be any weapons for like the fictional characters. You can't pick like a superhero with powers or magic or weapons or anything like that. Obviously there's some pro athletes that are also celebrities So for the most part, the pro athlete's going to be like a boxer, MMA fighter, football player, basketball player, whatever it is. Celebrities are more like wrestlers. So non-athletes, you got to think more along the actor or musician or other famous people route. Historical figures, I'm talking like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, something like that. So no athletes, they can be dead or alive. And then the fictional characters, one, we're talking about just like fist fighting in a bar fight. So you can't pick Superman with his laser vision and indestructible nature. That's just not fair. So to balance it out, no weapons, no magic, nothing like that. We'll call it how we see it. I think we all kind of understand the rules. So I randomized the order before, and it comes Ben with a 101, followed by Cam and myself. We'll snake back around, four picks total. Belly, take it away. Who gets the 1-1? 
Oh, the one one, and I'm really pumped about this pick. I I searched long and hard for this whole draft. I have a whole sticky note thing so I could hide it um, on my work computer. But uh, I thought long and hard about this, and I have to pick him without a doubt with the one point oh one coming in at seven foot four, five hundred and twenty pounds. The celebrity who could drink a hundred and ninety nine twelve ounce beers in six hours. It's none other than Andre the Giant. The man <laughs> was huge. He could beat up anybody, never worked out. He was so strong. He could deadlift 2,000 pounds with ease. As a prank, he liked to move his friends' cars from their parking spots, so they thought that it was stolen. Uh, He could crush a full beer with one hand. One time, uh, there was a guy who thought they could test him in a bar. They went up and slapped him. Old Andre didn't like that. He chased them out, just walked over and flipped their car with no problem turning it on its head. And then there was another example where a guy tried to fight him in a bar and he could tell when someone really wanted to go. So he said that he just kind of grabbed him by the neck and just pushed him and it threw him across the bar into the wall and the fight was over. That is a hell of a (laughs) 1.01. You can't find anybody of that sheer size. I'm proud of my pick. Uh, I was going to make fun of you until you like explained it and you really put some fucking research into that one, didn't you? (laughs) I'll show you my sticky notes at the end. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> bullet points underneath everything. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of honorable mentions. So that oh, goes yeah. under celebrity, right? Yes, yeah, celebrity. Okay. All right. We got some work to do. Cam, who you got with your 102? All right. So for the 102 pick, I'm going to take a step back into history. And I'm going to take with the 102, none other than Genghis Khan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought about Genghis Khan. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> born born along the banks of the Anan River sometime around 1162, <laughs> Genghis Khan is the man who would become known as the Great Khan of the Mongols. Um, <laughs> the Great Khan of the Mongols. <laughs> few, few, uh, few stories that I saw online. I mean, he's undoubtedly a great ruler. I mean... He, he, he was the, the forefront of the rise of the Mongolia Empire. Just to have him on my squad in a bar fight, I know he's going to wrangle the team together. He's going to point us in the right direction, and he's going to beat some ass at while he's at it. I mean, I think the guy has killed more people in the world than anyone in history. So watch out in the, fuck, in the bar. You just might die. Um, I'm pretty sure they did build the Great Wall of China to try to stop Genghis Khan. I could be wrong on that. And then Genghis Khan was also in my honorable mentions. And it said that he once killed his brother over a piece of fish. And then he also used to um, get his daughter daughters to marry his enemies and then have his daughters kill those people. He was a ruthless son of a bitch. <laughs> He's a tactician and he'll just strike the fear of God into his opponents. So that's a damn good pick. He was actually my uh, second pick for historical figures. So I'm glad you missed my 101. So let's kick it to me here with the 103. I really don't want anybody to take him. So I'm going with Mike Tyson, no doubt. Just a fucking beast. I'm putting him into my pro athlete just because he's best known as a boxer. But that was kind of what I meant by like the celebrity pro athlete combo. But I mean, he'll bite your ear off. He'll get dirty. He'll get nasty. He's still fighting, but in his prime, I mean, he'll knock a motherfucker out. I mean, wh- if Andre the Giant catches one right hook from Mike Tyson, he's fucked. Timber, goodbye. And then, <laughs> I mean, put him up against Genghis Khan. Anybody else? I mean, Mike Tyson was my 101, and I got to grab this untouched category while I still can. 
Yeah, there's definitely going to be some strategy in here trying to find the right category at the right time. Sorry, going back to Mike Tyson, the guy, when he was in his prime, he was a scary man, dude. The way that he would punch is just just the speed of it and the power that it had behind it. I don't think a lot of the boxers that fought him knew what they were getting themselves into. So I appreciate that pick, Corb. Oh, yeah, he'll take anybody down. I had to get him while I could. Well, the good news is it's right back to you because we're snaking this draft. So carry on. I know, and there's a lot of different ways I could go here. I think I've got to take this because I'm scared that Ben's going to take him, and I don't have a lot of good options. I'm going with Leonidas, King of Sparta. Cam, you scared the shit out of me when you said that you were going to Spartan kick the guy down the stands, and I was like, fuck, does he know what my pick is? (laughs) So I was so fucking pumped you took Genghis Khan. But Leonidas... He's not a fictional character. He's a real fucking dude. Gerard Butler from 300 portrayed him. That Spartan kick into the pit. That was a real fucking guy. Those abs were real. They were even bigger in real life, I heard. So that fucking guy on your side, just a leader of men, it's like Dan Campbell of the Spartans on my team. How am I not going to take him? I'll take Leonidas, and I'll kick your ass. Corbin, before I get into that, I just did a quick Google search of how many people Genghis Khan killed. It said he was responsible for the deaths as many as 40 million people. <laughs> He's literally the plague. Well, He's it's not plague. like he killed them all. It was his He's army. He's just responsible in part for it. But anyway, so moving on to Leonidas. Yeah, so uh, when I was going through the historical figures thing, like I, I kind of got a little held up because there was a bunch of like great warlords that I wanted to pick, but they all carried like a sword and whatnot. Um, but if you're thinking Leonidas, I mean, the guy's jacked if he's anything like the Gerard Butler character. And I'm sure that that guy could throw a mean right hook. Oh, he's even bigger and stronger. What is it? Do you know what his height and weight were? No, Ben, he was died in 480 BC. How am I? Hey, man, I looked up at the height (laughs) and the weight of every single person. (laughs) Yeah, he was seven feet tall and 700 pounds. It actually does say, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I typed in Leonidas height and weight and it gave me some Greek professional basketball player. I was like, no way was he six foot seven back in the day. <laughs> Maybe when we're on our last stand, he's going to be like, this is Sparta and we're going to charge Andre the giant, take his ass out. So moving on cam you're up next. Respectable pick Corb. Leonidas is a hell of a warrior. I'm going to move into uh, the celebrity side of things here. And I had a few different ideas with the route that I wanted to go on this, but I think about all these movies that I've watched and just how impressive he was in all these movies. Give me Jet Li. Ooh, he was on my list. That's for sure. Give me Jet Li, the man who began his martial arts career at the age of four <laughs> in Beijing, China, in a town called Hibi. I don't know, I'm probably butchering that, but... All I know is that he won, he won his first national championship of Chinese combat arts at the age of 11 and never looked back. That guy is going to fuck someone up in this bar fight. <laughs> I mean, what about Bruce Lee? Jet Li was also an actor slash uh, martial artist. Uh, the three, like uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, the triad of. Uh, actor martial artists are Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, and Jet Li. Most people rank Jet Li as the third, but he's still a fine pick. I'm sure if they yeah. all went at it. Terrible Bruce Lee was the pick. He was on my list. He was uh, number two, actually, for my celebrities. And his name is spelled L-I, not L-E-E, Corb. Sorry, my bad. I'm an uncultured swine. 
You just Americanized Jet Li. <laughs> Jet Li would beat the shit out of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee got too popularized. Jet Li was the real warrior in this in the triage. I didn't know you were a karate expert. Sorry, Cam. <laughs> I'm only a green belt, but. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> no. I didn't think so. <laughs> so, hey, I got a question here, Corb. With these four people that we're drafting, we're also fighting alongside of them to make it a five-man. Correct. Yes. Royale. I don't so I, We're just so going to be standing the in the corner drinking a beer being like, oh, my guy's beating your guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, look at Genghis Khan. He just threw Jet Li at Andre the Giant's head. All of a sudden, yeah, Mike Tyson comes fight. around and hits me with an uppercut, and I just evaporate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Decapitated. <laughs> Straight up. And then Cam just getting sat on by Andre the Giant. His car flipped in the parking lot. <laughs> okay, All right, so Belly. Back to so, you. Your second so, pick. So the, uh, the highlight of my team is definitely going to be the fictional character, which I just have to save for last just for humor alone. So Corbin, you look so stressed. Don't worry. I don't think I'm going to pick him. I got a list of uh, people anyway, but uh, first off, I'm just going to get the pro athlete out of the way. It's the MMA goat. That would be Johnny bones Jones. The guy has been unstoppable. Now he's moving up to heavyweight to fight Francis Ngano. Um, The guy's got an 84 inch reach and in a bar fight, I want a man who's just fueled on cocaine and that thing, just pure <laughs> unadulterated energy. The guy has been arrested more times than I can count. He's got the anger to back up the squad. Um, we're going to get Johnny bones Jones for our sniper out there with the length. Yeah, let's just change of all of our let's just change all of our picks to Mike Tyson on cocaine, Jet Li on <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> just give him a little extra angst. <laughs> Leonidas on cocaine. Didn't even know what it was. Just found some prehistoric coke. So uh it's my pick again, correct? Yes, it is. Moving forward, uh, this one's tough because uh, I'm gonna go with historical figure. Um, there is a guy that I have. Um and this is solely through a deep dive into the Google. Um, and I can't pick him just because I want to win this poll. Um, so we're going to go ahead and switch up our historical figure to uh, Vlad the Impaler. Um, he is <laughs> oh. the person that Dracula is based off of. Uh, he is known to uh, have had 80,000 deaths under his belt. Not quite as many as Genghis Khan, but I think Vlad the Impaler um, had a lot to do with like all of them. Uh, he had a knack for who'd have thought impaling people. Um, I have two stories for him. Before you get the, the article I read was hilarious. It's like, you don't just get right into impaling. So first you go to with nails. And he <laughs> said there were people that came over. I think it was the Ottoman Empire. Um, they came to his house to like negotiate a treaty and they refused to take off their hats. So he just nailed the hats to their head and said, all right, fuck you. If you're not going to take off your hat, wear it forever. And then his other thing that he liked to do was if you pissed him off, he would tie both your ankles to two different horses and then have them run apart. Yep. And then as you run apart, your anus starts to split. So he'd put a skewer up through you, impaling you and have it come out your mouth. And he'd make it as dull as possible so that you didn't die as he was going up. And he did this to over 20,000 people. The guy was probably the biggest douche in history. Oh my a guy I do not want to be on the other side of him. So they got history on your anus just getting pulled apart and then oh, like, oh yeah. let's just shove this blunt rod up there. Yeah, and just get it through <laughs> your mouth. And then not everybody died right away. And he would just leave you on these spikes and just leave you there to rot. Ben, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking up Vlad the Impaler right now, and he looks like a fucking pussy, dude. He looks like Johnny Depp mixed with the guy from V is for Vendetta. 
It wasn't. Do you, what do you got a a nice uh, iPhone photo of him? It's wasn't he born like the fifteen hundreds? Well, it's just a depiction, like a picture that someone drew of him. Oh, dude, I wouldn't want to fuck with that mustache. Yeah, I'm mostly getting headshots here, but eh. well, I don't know. He's not gonna have horses and shit. I'm talking about a straight fist fight here. Yeah, he was vicious. Mm, give me Leonidas. Well, I guess you know, it's a bar eat. fight. You can grab a nice broken beer bottle and have at it. Oh, I'll save my uh, honorable mentions for, for the end here, but I had a good one that was funny that I really was tempted to take, even over Leonidas and Genghis Khan. But I saw Vlad the Impaler on there, but I think he got the uh, the third-tier guy there still. Not bad. I wanted the uh, the scare tactics. Yeah. I tell it's you what, as... I would not like to meet Vlad the Impaler either. I mean, his name says it himself. What's he, He's going to shove a beer bottle up my ass. <laughs> Yeah, it's not as bad of a pick as like turkey or something like that. So, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> I was like, turkey's not a person. <laughs> or chicken cordon blue. Yeah. Hey, Corbin, you did have it the other day. How was it? It was fucking delicious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sweet potatoes with the brown sugar and the chicken cordon blue. And I had the water chestnuts like the week before. Wasn't bad. Just not Thanksgiving. Not traditional. I get it. But uh, no. I just I just wanted to know who was a uh, truly voting for the food. All right, Cam, back to you, buddy. All right. Uh, with my pick, I'm going to do the same as well. I'm going to save the fictional character for last. With that being said, that leaves me with my pro athlete. Just go ahead and give me Francis Ngannou. I mean, the guy is a fucking bowling ball of terror. And if he gets a hold of any of these guys in the room, aside from Andre the Giant, uh, take him to the ground and just smother them to death. So well, we're going to find out if John Jones can take him in March. That's for sure. I know. I'm looking forward to that fight, Belly. It's going to be a good one. Francis Nagano was my number two for an athlete. He is uh he is an absolute monster though. His uh, uppercut against uh, Overeem might be one of the best single thrown punches in MMA. All right. Well, now we're getting into the fun picks. Uh, I can't wait to read you mine, but Cam, let's hear your uh, final one to. Uh, no, I go up. first. Don't be skipping. Oh, wait. Me. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Snake and bag. Fucking go ahead. Okay. I'm going to take the celeb first and then finish it with the best pick of the draft. First off, I'm going to start with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think by far he is the strongest actual actor, former wrestler. He's a fucking beast. Former football player just in college, though, so he was never professional. But, I mean, The Rock is just a jack brick house. I mean, good luck taking him on. He is just a fucking meat man. I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, he will crush Jet Li. Andre the Giants definitely got some size, but hopefully The Rock has a little bit more speed to him than that. It's going to be hard for me to imagine Dwayne The Rock Johnson losing to anybody the way that he's built. So That's fair pick. Um, he's got to be fast enough to catch Jet Li, though. Jet Li's going to hit him 90 times before he even fucking knows what happened to him. <laughs> he's just not like a lumbering ox. He's just yeah, he a is. fucking freak athlete. No, he's not. He's still fast. Not faster than Jet Lee. His name's fucking Jet Corbin. Yeah, the Rock's name is an inanimate object. <laughs> you got <Yeah>. a point. <laughs> All, right, All right, Corbin. To the best category there is. Hit us with your fictional character that you said there's no way that any of us would pick it. And if you pick mine, I'm gonna be livid. <laughs> there was quite a few to choose from. I have some really good honorable mentions here, but my pick is bigger than Andre the Giant. It is not even human. It is 
Clifford the Big Red Dog. Good fucking luck, boys. Those vicious teeth. He's fucking giant, dude. Good luck bringing him on. He's bigger than a damn elephant. He would smoke all of your fools in a fight one-on-one. John Jones, Andre the Giant, Jet Li. Take them all on at once. Clifford the Big Red Dog is the ringer. Stand back, The Rock. Stand back, Leonidas from Sparta. Mike Tyson, you get a day off. Just let Clifford go in and wreak havoc on your whole squad. He's going to fuck you up. Good luck. Clifford the Big Red Dog on cocaine, rabid. I hate to burst your bubble. He's not over 21. He can't get in the bar. (laughs) Dog ears. I would go ahead and go with an alternate because one, he can't fit in the bar. (laughs) It's a high-rise building. I don't know what to tell you. Clifford the Big Red Dog is pick. This honestly just threw a wrench in all my plans. Yeah, they were supposed um, to be like a human and a person. No, no, we never said that. We said uh, cartoons, TV or movie, no magic, no superheroes. He has no powers. He's just a giant fucking red dog. Okay, well, in that case, I'm ready to make my pick. I'm going to throw some Hershey's kisses at it and kill his ass. I'm going to go ahead with my pick of the fictional character taking a complete 180 here from where I was starting, but I need somebody to compete against Clifford, the big red dog. So give me none other than King Kong. Yes. Yeah, what are you going to do? This is stupid. What? This, this ruined the whole thing. <laughs> Honestly, I thought it's, that we it's were a picking, bar fight. Thought, it's not animal abuse. <laughs> I thought we were picking uh, people. So it should have been people. This, this is stupid. Now it's, so the other three guys are rendered just not even active and just yeah useless. I know you got some in the queue, dude. Pick people. Yeah, let's why, pick people. dude. Clifford's fucking awesome. It ruins it ruins everything though. It's like so why can't I pick Optimus Prime? Fine. Oh fuck, Optimus Prime and dog destroy. out. You guys are fucking buzzkills. Fine. No, it's, it's literally, it's like, let's get three pedestrians right. and then an M20 tank. <laughs> That's fine. I got one right here. It's another one. Human from the hit TV show, Game of Thrones. I'm taking the mountain. Thor Bjornsson in the flesh. He's a fucking beast. Good luck taking him down. The dude's a fucking tank. I'm taking the mountain and all of his strength. All right, That's a pretty good pick. He's I a very large you. man. He's uh, one of the strongest men in the world. I know he competes lifting weights and whatnot. Yeah, he's definitely going to be someone I wouldn't want to fight. I know Conor McGregor did like a little sparring match with him, and he was just like messing around with him, not really hitting him. But if he wanted to, he could just pick up Conor McGregor and chuck him across the room. He could have crushed his fucking skull in like that if he wanted to. Absolutely. He did that on the show. He sure did. I'm aware. That's what my dog is named after, Prince Oberon, the Red Viper of Dorne. Obi. I thought it was Prince Oberon Howerta. That's just on Facebook. Hell, hell of a pick there, Corbin. I'm going to stick to my initial pick that I wanted to go with. Looking at this list with all the guys that we're going to be going against, I like where he, where he's at. I mean, train hand-to-hand combat with none other than Raza Ghoul. Give me Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Better known I like as it. Batman. Trash. He was very skilled in hand-to-hand combat with the uh, – what was the uh, group of people that he was with that Bane had joined to? Oh, the Legion League of Shadows. Of Shadows. League, yeah. <laughs> the League of Shadows. You think darkness is your ally? You merely <laughs> adopted the dark. I was born in it. I almost, I almost took Bane, but 
I mean, Batman usually comes out on top in that scenario. So give me Bruce Wayne. I like that pick. Um, I'm surprised neither of you guys went cartoon because mine 100% is a cartoon. And it is none other than Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. (laughs) The one, the guy could lift an entire house. One time he ate a metal slide (laughs) just because there was a pebble in his shoe. He can outrun Kevin's bike. I think he's just too dumb to understand pain, so he can't even really get hurt. And he can also suspend his full weight from his tongue. And he also once used static electricity to destroy a house. (laughs) So, wait, is it Ed with one D? No, Double D was the smart one. Eddie was the one with the plan. And then Ed with one D was the uh, dumb, very strong guy just chomping (laughs) on slides. (laughs) All right, dude. I mean, he can lift a fucking house, I guess. <laughs> yep, that's a solid one. Hopefully, you'll. You clearly didn't watch enough Ed, Ed, and Eddie because that's I only did. the tip I of the iceberg. I just didn't remember which do. one he was. <laughs> oh, if I picked Double D, I, my team would be toast. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. One All of right. my uh, one of my honorable <laughs> mentions was uh, Johnny Bravo, but did a little deep dive into him, and turns out he's just a major pussy. Oh yeah, I, when you said that to me on the phone the other day. I did look it up, and it said he's, like, lost every single fucking fight he's ever in in that show. Well, let's jump into honorable mentions, because we got them all done, and then we'll read it back here. Who did you guys have for the uh, athletes? Uh, My list was John Bones Jones at one, Volkanovski at two, Francis (laughs) Ngannou at three, and then if I didn't know if you guys were going to say I couldn't do an MMA fighter, so I just wrote Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett. Yeah, I had Miles Garrett on there. I had Brock Lesnar, Ray Lewis, and also Shaq, too. (laughs) Shaq's a big boy. (laughs) Yeah, my list was pretty much fighters, aside from I also had Shaq on my list as well. Um, I had John Jones first, Francis Ngannou second, and Shaq third. What about Celebs, Bell? Celebs, I had uh, one was Andre the Giant, then Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, and then I had Wesley Snipes in there because I just Googled (laughs) I Googled uh, celebrities that have a background in MMA, and it turns out he's a fifth-degree black belt in karate, a second-degree black belt Fuck. in Hapkido, and he trains BJJ, Kung Fu, and Cap- Capoeira, which is another mixed martial arts. So he knows a lot of stuff. So I had a couple others. I had Jackie Chan, too. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the fucking Terminator. Chris Hemsworth, fucking Thor. And then this one I actually almost took, 50 Cent, dude. He would fuck somebody <laughs> up in a fight for sure. That would have been a good one. <laughs> I almost took him over the rock and I had Bruce Lee above 50 cent too, but I just didn't want to copy Jet Li, even though he would beat his ass. Corbin do, or not Corbin Cam. Did you have any other backups? Yeah, no, I had, uh, I had Jet Li, Jackie Chan and Jason Statham. <laughs> I feel like all the websites I found had most of you guys' answers on them. What about historical yeah. figures? I got a so- couple. So I had two. Um, I did have Genghis Khan as number five. I had William Wallace as number four. Same, um, yep. I picked Vlad the Impaler just for the name and the fact that he's what Dracula was based on. I needed uh, I needed the name in there. But I have two that I really did a deep dive on. And number one for me, I pivoted away was Theodore Roosevelt. Um, I did some research on Theodore Roosevelt. The guy, was, the guy was a beast of a man. Someone stole his boat in his mid 20s, so he built a boat and pursued them. And he caught up to him and marched him 40 miles back to town at gunpoint. Um, and they said when he got tired, he just read a book. <laughs> he got shot in the chest one time and then proceeded to give a 90 minute speech and said it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. <laughs> he was a part of the Rough Riders. 
Uh, the reason why he's so tough, he got beaten up by older kids as a 14-year-old, so he took up boxing. He practiced judo and jujitsu. He used to skinny dip in the dead of winter in the Potomac to keep his mind and body hardened to the elements. Uh, he lined the White House basement with wrestling mats so he could suplex people whenever he <laughs> wanted, including his wife. And he, <laughs> and he used to fight. Uh, just He would always challenge like boxers to a fight. Damn, and told him to never Roosevelt. let him. Never I had let no him, idea. <laughs> never let people take soft on soft on him. So like you think like they'd let him win. He's like, no, 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 come at me. And so at one point he got his retina detached. And he just said, thank God it wasn't my shooting eye. <laughs> Damn, he was a fucking beast. He really did do some research. And then that. the other one that I wanted to pick, but nobody would know who he is, is a guy named William Fairbairn. Apparently, he invented the SWAT team and riot and anti-riot police. He invented the bulletproof vest. Um, basically he was 16 and he enlisted in the army and he should have been charged with like war crimes or whatever it is, uh, like illegal enlistment or whatever it's called. And they just started training like miss martial arts. He's been in over 600, uh, un- like just street fights. His arms are covered in just scars. Um, he d- created his own M- or, uh, martial artists called Defendu, <laughs> And he had the nickname the- dangerous Dan, even though his name was William. <laughs> The Detroit self-defense guy would have been a good one. <laughs> uh, we should do a mock one of like a good, bad team. <laughs> the one uh, historical figure that I had that I really wanted to pick was Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and then if he gets hit, you want to know what he's going to do? He's going to turn the other cheek, ready for another walloping. <laughs> Jesus Christ would have been a good one. All right, the fictional ones, I had a bunch of really good ones, too. Since you guys wouldn't let me do Clifford the Big Red Dog, that was such a fucking sick pick. What I mean, about? yeah, but like I said, I could do Optimus Prime. He's just not allowed to use any of his weapons. Yeah, All but right. King, Kong, King Kong would destroy Clifford the Big Red Dog. You're right. That's why I was okay to go back, because, like, fuck, that was an even better one. <laughs> <laughs> but I had uh, John Wick, Donkey Kong, The Beast from Beauty and the Beast, The Hound, Rocky Balboa, and that's all I had for fictional. Uh, I went much more like cartoony with it. I went groundskeeper Willie from the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Guy was absolutely jacked. <laughs> um, I went SpongeBob SquarePants just because of that one episode where uh, he's just he taking just a punched. beating and he can't yeah. hurt him. <laughs> so he just keeps hitting him over and over again. <laughs> and then I went with uh, Kenny from South Park because the fight's never over. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> just keeps coming back. <laughs> I had uh, I had King Kong on my list, but I didn't think that that was available um, until Corb did pick Clifford the Big Red Dog. But <laughs> I do agree. I do agree with the commissioner's, the committee's decision to not allow King Kong into the bar fight. He would just destroy everything in his path. So, other way, other people that I had on my list were uh, obviously Bruce Wayne. Um, I also had um, Johnny Bravo. Did a d- deep dive into him. Don't want him on my team. Um, who else do I have here? Let me pull up my phone. I didn't save the note, but I had a few other guys on there too. But most, <laughs> of them, most of them, most of them were uh, cartoon characters. I think I had Bart Simpson on there just for the camaraderie aspect of things. <laughs> who else did I have? I, I don't know. Either way, I'm happy with the team that I have. I was All really right. worried someone was going to pick Andre the Giant, but yeah. All right, so let's just go over recap everybody's picks. We'll put it up on Instagram for a poll. We'll put it on Twitter, so make sure you vote. We've got Ben's team, John Jones, Andre the Giant, Vlad the Impaler, and Ed from Ed, Ed, and Nutty. Cam's got, 
Cam's got Francis Ngannou, Jet Li, Genghis Khan, and Bruce Wayne. And your humble Corbin with Mike Tyson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Leonidas of Sparta, and The Mountain from Game of Thrones. So we'll leave it to the people. We'll see who wins this one. Hoping to bounce back. We don't have John to steal the vote and fudge all those votes with the Malaysian bots that he's got going for him. So maybe we actually will have a clean vote with integrity this time. All right, that's going to do it for the draft. Let's hop right into it. Deep into the bowels of the belly. What you got for us, Ben? So um, I was trying to think of a bowels of the belly and uh, nothing really too uh, big happened this week. So we're going to go back to something that happened in Jacksonville that I forgot. Um, we're at day two of the uh, the belly bloodbath. And old belly's tummy started to rumble about two t- uh, two holes after the turn. And uh, I I had to poop. Plain and simple, I had to poop. Um, I was thinking I could just hold it and it might pass. Like my stomach would take care of it for at least a couple more holes till I get back to the clubhouse. But we get to about hole 14 and I'm like, Oh boys, I'm not gonna make it. And so my boy Grant goes, Don't worry, buddy, I got an extra towel for you. I thought he was kidding, and I was like, I think I'm just gonna go back to the clubhouse. And then like I went to go drive away and I was like, I don't I don't think I can actually make it all the way back to the clubhouse because we are far from it as possible. So I did what any man should do, and I walked into the woods, did the third world squat, and took a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Squatted down, spread the cheeks, did a little spray. It was a one wiper. Thank God, man. They got some stuff going on in the third world with that squat. (laughs) Have you ever shit outside before, Corb? Yeah, actually, I have. I shit off a cliff one time. (laughs) When I was in, I was on like a uh, rock climbing, like whitewater kayaking trip. And we were just hiking around. And there was this like. 50 60 foot cliff and there was a tree just growing right on the edge so i just went and clung onto the tree and just hung my ass off the cliff and just that's, bombs away down there that's fucking petrifying dude I it was awesome to, i wouldn't be able to trust the tree i know looking back it was pretty stupid but at the same time <laughs> I'm why here. did you use aqua dump i've never done that that's gross i've definitely aqua dump. it's better than trying to die off a cliff not as exhilarating what about you cam <laughs> see giggling over there uh no i i actually i don't have a story to follow up your guys's epic shitting adventures but my buddy (laughs) my buddy actually did something i mean he he had no other choice but we'll just we'll call him cj we're in lake michigan it's a nice summer day it's a boat day um i think it was a summer when we were all home from college or whatever and we're in the water playing Frisbee, having a good time. And he's like, oh, my God, dude, I'm going to shit my pants. And we're at the beach. So I was like, dude, just go downstream and, and aqua dump it. So he goes probably 30 yards away from us in the water. And he just takes a good old Lake Michigan dump. And what he didn't realize was that this was going to be a floater. He comes back to us. And here come a pontoon boat full of all of our girlfriends from – high school, college, whatever, they're all pulling up on the uh, the pontoon and we're standing there in the water, still throwing the Frisbee around, drinking beers. And uh, he looks over at me and he goes, oh no. And here comes his lonely turd <laughs> floating right by the group, <laughs> the girls and everything. And he did something that I'll never let him live down. 
he decided to palm the turd, bring it down to the sand, and squish it in his own hand. And it disintegrated into a bunch of nothingness, and nobody ever knew anything about it. I mean, he could have just shaken his hand to this day. I probably never will. I mean, instead of like just oh, just picture it going between your fingers. But why did he just take it to the bottom and bury it? Instead, he's he's just like (laughs) just like pick it up and throw it. (laughs) No, what was that? Oh, it was a rock. No, he just stress balled it. I'll never let him live down that story. Damn, that was a good one. Hey, he did what he had to do. (laughs) All right, Ben, what do you got for me this week? How bad do you want it? You are going to live in the land of pet peeves. For the rest of your life, everybody around you will chew with their mouth open. You will constantly be interrupted. No one puts their headphones into FaceTime, and everyone talks on speakerphone. The constant sound of people clearing their throat. Drawers and cabinets are constantly ajar. The microwave always has time on it. Maggie is bitching at you day in and day out. Everyone is cutting lines at the theme park, at the store, so you can't even get home at a proper time. The entire plane stands up the moment it lands on every single flight. Everyone drives 10 under the speed limit. People are talking in the movie theater at all times. Nobody is ever on time, so nothing ever gets done. There's know-it-alls everywhere. Everyone's a one-upper. People are constantly bragging about their diet, clipping their fingernails in public, being passive-aggressive as can be. They're picking their nose. They're clapping at the end of movies and plane rides. Meeting, You're in a ton of meetings that should have been emails. Everybody's using text-to-speech in public. People who insist on criticizing everything that you like. There's the humble braggers, the not picker-uppers after your dog. You're constantly losing everything and can't find it. People who know their order when they get, or people who don't know their order when they get to the front of a long line. So it's already being cut. Now nobody even knows what they want. The ice chewing, the pen clicking, the hair in your sink, your drain, or your shower. People sneezing without covering their mouth, constantly being micromanaged, and nobody's ever offering to split the bill. And after it all, everybody's still hitting reply all on every single email. Do you think you could take that emotional heartache day in and day out? So just those things that you mentioned. Well, I mean, there's probably some more pet peeves out there, but that's a good amount of them. So literally every pet peeve in the fucking world. Sorry, we'll leave it at we'll leave it at that. Okay, because there's one thing that really pisses me off, and it's when people spit their gum out on the sidewalk and then I step in it. If you would have said that, I would have been fucking toast. I hate that more than anything. (laughs) Stepping in gum, dude. If I see somebody spit their gum out on the sidewalk, I will go up and say something to them. That is just the shittiest thing that you can do as a human being. Now, a lot of the things that you said could be canceled out if I just wore like headphones or earplugs everywhere. And I don't really even go to movies anymore. So I could just watch movies in my house. You ever heard of Netflix before? Yeah, it's easy. That's an easy fix. Also, what do you have? What's your problem with somebody cutting their nails in public? It's the you. So you like you have a problem with people spitting their gum out. But when people's fingernails are just flying everywhere, you're okay with that? I mean, I don't do it myself, but it's not like I'm like, eh, gross. No. Oh, well, your gum is just sticky and gets everywhere. Ever heard of a vacuum or a broom? But nobody's easy cleanup. That's still disgusting. It's your dead part of your body being. I'm going to be honest, Corb. That's a lot of pet peeves to live with every single day of your life. Everybody cuts you in line. I would just say no, get to the back. Well, what if it's like 25 people ahead of you? 
You're going to walk all the way up to them and say, don't cut. Yeah. I and would. then the next guy cuts after him and you're going to walk up and say something to him. Yeah. I'd say back of the line, buddy, you just cut. You're a dirty, dirty cutter. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's a mountain of pet peeves, but I could find a way around it. And we're talking for a Lions Super Bowl here. So yeah, I would take it. I mean, that one's not that bad. Yeah, there's a bunch of like minor inconveniences, but I could mitigate some of those. I'd find a way around it. I couldn't do this at all. Yeah. Yep, I'm, I'm taking so, the win on that one. Not your best, spell, but not your worst. I think you're a dirty liar. It's just death by a thousand cuts, but we're talking a Lions Super Bowl here, man. I could deal with all that shit for the good of mankind. Corbin would be a very angry guy to hang out with. I'm a very... <laughs> probably not just as angry as you in regular day life. <laughs> so I'd say I'd just be just like you if I had all these little things piling up. I oh I hate every single one of these almost. Cam, do you could you do it? Absolutely not, dude. <laughs> For a Lions Super Bowl? No. I those pet peeves that he listed are some of the biggest pet peeves on my list. So to have to deal with those every single day would just be brutal and miserable. And honestly, I, I, I couldn't do it, man. Like I can't get through my day with half these things, not only happening like once a week. (laughs) I'm not that bad. I guess I'm more chill, relaxed person than you guys. (laughs) I I don't mind (laughs) like people who are loud chewers. I don't notice it or like smacking lips. Like I've never noticed that chewing ice. It goes right over my head, man. I'm just ultra focused on my shit. I'll throw in some headphones. Problem solved. Yep, I'm going to eight and seven and we're moving on. But that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks again for listening. If you're a new listener, please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform you might listen to. Don't forget to leave us a review and leave us five stars. Follow me on Twitter at LikeCorbyashi. We've got the Belly and the Fish Instagram and Twitter accounts going as well. So DM me or text me some ideas for any segments that you'd like to hear. Please continue to spread the word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, anyone and everyone you can think of. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, big shout out to Cam for being our guest this week. He did a great job. I um, want to thank everybody for listening week in and week out. And let's make sure to uh, go to the Belly and the Fish Instagram to vote on your favorite bar fight squad. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to you guys, Corb and Belly. Always a pleasure chatting with you guys about the Lions. And honestly, go Lions. Red hot. Keep it going. And with that said. (laughs) 